Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you. All the good-looking people are here today. We're glad that you're here. Yeah, I know you just wait here. He's talking about me. Hey, we're, uh, I want to share something with you today. I hope that you're ready to laugh a little bit and uh, have a good time. Uh, how many of you have ever uh, said, could ever say, I've had a bad day? Let me see your hand. You see, I've had a bad day. All right. Okay. And just in case you're wondering what a bad day is, I have got the top 10 things that let us know what a bad day is. So won't you listen to it? You ready? So there, these are the top 10 ways to tell if you're having a bad day, just in case you're wondering. Number 10, if your horn sticks on the freeway behind 32 hell's angels, you might be having a bad day. Number nine, you call the suicide prevention and they put you on hold. Number eight, your birthday cake collapses from all the weight of the candles. Oh, shut up. That, that one, to me, is like, shut up. That's too real. And number seven, your four-year-old tells you that it's almost impossible to flush a grapefruit down the toilet. <laughs> Calling the plumber, right? Okay, number six, it costs you more to fill your car up than it did to buy it. <laughs> We've been there, haven't we? Okay, then number five, you wake up to a soothing sound of running water and remember that you just bought a waterbed. <laughs> That's a bad day. Number four, you compliment the boss's wife on her unusual perfume, and she shares with you that she's not wearing any. <laughs> oh, number three, you know you've had a bad day when your doctor tells you that you are allergic to chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Number two, you know you had a bad day when you discovered that your 12-year-old's idea of humor is putting crazy glue in your preparation age. <laughs> and number one, number one, you know you had a bad day when everyone's laughing right now but you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Did he say that? Yes, he did. Oh, my goodness. Well, today, you know, we're going to talk about this, about joy, but here's a, here's a meter. We've come up with a joyo meter uh, for you to uh, see if you have, you know, where you are in the joyo meter. So you might be at the depressed level right now, but you can go up. You can move up from there. Maybe you're at the angry uh, stage right now, and you can move up from there. Maybe just feel apathetic, and they're apathy, and we want you to know you can move up from there. And, and maybe you're even feeling a little bit annoyed right now, and we want you to know you can move up from there. Because the goal is by today, that wherever you are on this scale, that you would move up 
and learn to be at the top at the joyful attitude and the joyful spirit and so that's what we hope today is that that you're going to be able to do that and that's the purpose of you being here today is that I don't know why you come I don't know what was on your mind but I don't know if someone just drug you here or not but I do believe today that you're going to slide up on that joyometer and that today you're going to leave better than you came I believe that so um, I'd like to share with you um, what joy is because I think that too many times that we think that joy is being happy. And you know what most people equate joy to and happiness to is never having any problems. I just want you to know that there is no such thing without a life without problems. Amen? I mean, I think, I think that's our greatest disappointment at all is that we live life like we, will, we think, okay, well, I'm going to be happy. I just want happiness. What does that mean? That means I don't have no problems. Well, friend, the day that you stop having problems is the day that you go to heaven. Right? And we're going to have problems. All God's children have problems. But we don't have to, we don't have to waddle, in the, you know, uh, uh, grovel in that. We can actually achieve even though we're having problems we can still enjoy life so what is joy here it is I put a definition up on the screen matter of fact you may want to screenshot a few of these things today so feel free to do that uh, so you can share them with your friends all right you look what it says you ready let's read this together joy is not the absence of problems but the assurance of the presence of God did you hear that joy is not the absence of problems because we're all going to have problems but in those problems, we are assured that God is with us. Now, that is the difference. See, if you're an unbeliever today, you don't have that. But a believer is something that you have. So that's why we're always asking people, telling people that, you know, you want to know Jesus Christ in your life. And if that's you today, we hope that you will consider crossing the line today. Because joy, again, joy is not the absence of problems, but is the assurance of the presence of God. And so that's what we want you to have, and that's what God wants you to have, and that brings joy in those problems. So look at the, your outline with me. Let me give you the title. Today we're talking about how to become a more joyful person, and, and I'd like to give you a verse underneath that, Galatians 5.22. This is called the fruit of the Spirit, and this is where our study's coming from on the, this power to, have, power to change your life comes right from here. Would you look at these first five words, and let's read them out loud. You ready? Come on, it says this. The fruit of the Spirit is. All right, just right there. I want you to notice that. The fruit of the Spirit. So would you circle that? The fruit of the Spirit is. Circle that. Because what we're about to read after this means that, that it only can be real. You can only maximize what we're about to talk about if it comes from God's Spirit. So what I'm telling you, these are benefits to becoming a believer and following Christ. Some of you don't know that, and some of you are unaware of that. And so today, I want to tell you, the, the Spirit of God is what makes these things come alive to the fullest. And so that is it. So look what they are. The fruit of the Spirit is, here we go, it says love. Come on, read it with me. Ready? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and so where does that come from? It's the fruit of the Spirit. It comes from the Spirit of God. And so that's why if you're going to maximize love in your life, you've got to have God's help. If you're going to have joy to the maximum in your life, you've got to have God's help. All of the, if you're going to be self-controlled, you've got, I've got to have God's help. <laughs> How about you? 
I mean, you shoot, you get out there in that mess right now, especially the, you know, on 285 because everybody's traveling 285 because somebody burned our bridge down. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it just takes, there's tension, right? And so you need God's help with that. All right, so the first thing, here we go. The first thing to become a more joyful person, you ready? Would you write this down? Number one is to practice the joy of gratitude. Practice the joy of gratitude. I'll let you write that down. I want to tell you a couple things from some psychologists. It's a, psychologists say that gratitude is the healthiest emotion that you can have. Matter of fact, there's a guy by the name of Heinz Stiles, the father of stress studies, and this is what he claimed. He claims that gratitude produces more energy than any other attitude in your life. And so my question to you is this, would you agree with me that people who are the most grateful are the most happiest? Would you agree with that? The people who are the most grateful are the people who you know are more happy than anybody else when they're grateful. And so choosing that attitude is actually what helps you become happy and, and joyful. Now, on the screen, I'm about to give you a quote that uh, Miss Diane Carden sent me a couple weeks ago, and I've been saving it for the right moment. And so look at it with me. You ready? Here it is. Matter of fact, let's just read this one together. You ready? Come on. Jealousy comes when I count someone else's blessings. Joy comes when I count my own blessing. Bam! There it is. Now, isn't that just right there gut-wrenching good? Isn't that so true? I mean, when you start looking at what everybody else has got, and you start saying, well, they got this, and they got that, and they got this, I ain't got nothing. Doesn't that depress you? <laughs> I mean, it just, it just sort of puts me into depression. Why? You know, why? And so that sort of depresses, but, so, but when you count your own blessings, that's when joy comes. So here's the deal. If gratitude is going to flow in your life, you've got to stop counting everybody else's blessings and begin to count your own blessings. And so, again, that's a good one to share with many people. The Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Look what it says. Would you just read this first word with me? You ready? Let's read it together. Here we go. Rejoice. Come on, let's say it again. You ready? Rejoice. Now, let me tell you what rejoicing is. In other words, that R-E means re. That means it's something that's already happened, right? You've got to redo something, right? If rejoice means to do something. So when you rejoice, that means that you are remembering. You're remembering what God has already done for you in the past. It's not about what's happening right now. It's about thinking about back about what's happened in your past. And when you think about what's happened in your past, it begins, you begin to have that joy that you felt back then when that happened. And then guess what? That gives you joy in the moment. Did you get that? Yeah, that did that make sense to you? So another to rejoice means that I, I think about what God has already done. And then that gives me joy to think about what God can do, right? Okay. Now, I'm not going to uh, preach every word of this verse, although I could. <laughs> Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all. Would you circle those two words, in all? Now, the reason I have you circle that in those two words, in all, because those words are not for all. It's in all, not for all. Circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So he says, give thanks in all, not for all. You know, listen, when my car blows up, the engine blows up in my car, 
I don't say, God, thank you that my car just, my engine just blew up. Hallelujah. Now, that's not what he's talking about. But in the midst of that, when my engine blows up, I say, God, thank you that you're still Lord of all no matter what. And I don't know how we're going to get this straightened out, but I believe you're going to help me. And something is going to happen to where I can, I can get another car or get this fixed. Because you're God, right? Remember, remember joy is not the absence of problems. Joy is the, is the assurance of the presence of God in your problems, right? So you see, so we don't, give the thanks, we don't give thanks for all, we give thanks in all. You have to understand that in your life. And so if you're going to have gratitude, you have to remember, gratitude is a choice that we have to make. Gratitude is a choice, you know, it's not natural, so you have to be intentional about it to share gratitude. You have to be intentional because it's not natural. More people, would you agree with me that negativity is more natural than being optimistic? Would you agree with that? You know, I, it's natural for me just to be negative. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm just sort of a natural negative person, so the Spirit of God has to help me in order to be optimistic. And so I have to practice gratitude. And so the, one of the ways that you can begin to practice gratitude is to begin to share it with others. Now, I tell you this about every other month, okay, because I believe if I keep telling it enough, then some of you are going to start practicing it, and you're going to start, this thing is going to change in your home. One of the ways that I've done this, that I told you over the last five years, if you ask me, Jeff, what is the one thing that would help, has helped your family, helped your marriage more than anything else? And it's this fact, and many of you right now, I could stop right now, and probably half of you could tell me what I'm about to say. But this is for the other half, and then also to remind you that no. And that is, is that at night before I go to sleep, Rhonda and I lay down together, and before I go to sleep, I reach over and I take her hand, and I pray a blessing over her. This prayer is a gratitude prayer. It sounds like this. Dear God, thank you for Rhonda. Thank you that she's a good wife. Thank you she's a good mom. And thank you that she's a good person to be with, to spend the rest of my life with. And Lord bless her. Amen. Do you know what? Since we started doing that, you know, about five years ago, I can tell you that all those conversations that we have conversations you know what I'm talking about like hey you dummy no we don't say dummy but hey you, you saw those conversations have went way down and here's what we found out it's an SCC saying are you ready for this it's hard to be hateful when you're being grateful <laughs> you get that so if every night, if every night you know you prayer time's coming, it makes you really think about what you go, what you're saying through the day. And so if it, it's hard to be hateful. So what we say at SEC is that we want to have hope in our homes. What that means, home of prayer every day. And so that's a great time for you to show gratitude. So I challenge you. I double dog dare you to take your spouse's hand or your children's hand every night before you go and pray a prayer of gratitude. For don't pray. Remember, don't pray about them. God, uh, Lord, you need to straighten her out. I don't know. That's going to be a long night, friend. Matter of fact, you might as well just go ahead and get your pillow and your blanket right there because you're going somewhere else. You see, what, what I do, uh, it's that gratitude that changes everything. Matter of fact, uh, your attitude, uh, you need the attitude of gratitude. And so I would challenge you to do that. Now, the, again, 
The best way to, to show gratitude is just simply two words. Thank you. Thank you. While I'm right here, can I just stop right now and, and look at you, the people here at SEC? Can I say thank you? I want to say thank you. You know why? Because last week we had set a goal at Easter. We said, you know, we want to have 1,500 people at Easter. And that seemed impossible. But I want you to know that you're the people that step up to the challenge. And over five services, we had a service on Friday night, Saturday night, and three on Sunday. And you showed up and you helped. We had over 400 volunteers. And because of that, we had 1,545 people come out to Easter service. Can you say praise God for that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll share some more of the things that happened throughout the message. So I have this next step on your outline. Look what it says. It's on, on, on your connection card, actually. It says, I will express gratitude to someone by saying a genuine thank you. Would you do that? Would you just check that box and say, that is my intentions. Today, I'm going to express a genuine thank you. Now, some of you are already looking at your spouse right now. I see you say, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a, that's a smart man or woman. That's all I can say. You know, just say thank you to someone, a genuine. Number two, are you ready for this? So, how to become a more joyful person? Here we go. Number two is write this down. Practice the joy of giving. Practice the joy of giving. Now, when I say giving, I hope that you don't check out on me and say, okay, i got to endure this. No, this is going to be good. Look what the Bible says. Or let me just share it. Yeah, the Bible says in Acts 20 and 35, Matter of fact, I'm going to read the first two words of this, and then you read what's after. You ready? Jesus said, all right, it's your turn. You ready? It is more blessed to give than to? Who said that? Okay, so Jeff didn't say that, right? Jesus said it. I know we got the J's, but it wasn't Jeff, it was Jesus. Here's what I want you to know. That statement right there is a mark of maturity. When you cross that line, that means that you're, you're maturing. Listen, just because we get older doesn't mean that we mature. <laughs> Some people just get older, right? <laughs> so, but not the people of SEC. Why? Because we know that we got to know better to be able to do better, be better. we got to know better, and that's why you come, so we can know better. Watch this. Would you, do you remember like when you were a child at Christmas? Christmas was all about you, right? Like, what are we going to get? What are we going to get at Christmas? You know, it don't matter what. He was like, what are we going to get? That was, that, was the, uh, that was the attitude, is what are we going to get? But the moment that you begin, you know, to begin to date, and the moment that you had children, it seemed like all that changed, right? It went from what are we going to get until what are they going to get? You got more excited about them getting something than you getting something. And so that's a mark of maturity, and that's when the transition happens. Now, a person that's 40 years old that's more excited about what they're getting than their children are getting or their spouse is getting, then probably is an immature person. Now, some of you are going to quote, and you may not quote anything else I say, but I got a feeling that is going to come back. You remember what Pastor Jeff said, you immature idiot? <laughs> they're going to say that to you, I'm sure. Oh, don't do me that way. Now, look at the next verse with me. Again, look at this, what the, what the Bible says. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, uh, look at the end of this passage here. This is the B portion. And again, 
The Bible talks about God. So let's read it together. You ready? Come on. God loves a, a cheerful giver. Now, I don't know about you, but I asked this question. What is a cheerful giver? Is a cheerful giver going? With a, with a big grin on your face? I'll tell you what a cheerful giver is, and, and this is what I've concluded. A cheerful giver is a giver who gives with no strings attached. <laughs> no strings attached. In other words, here, here it, whether it be finances or, or whatever, here it is. Here's the gift. It's no strings attached, right? Now, listen, we learn about this strings attached stuff real early in life. You ever want, you ever, maybe, maybe you've had kids or you remember being a child yourself, that when it's amazing how a three-year-old's got this down. A three-year-old will come and climb into mom and dad's lap, and they'll say, oh, I love you, and they go, oh, I love you too, baby. I'm so old. And the parent feels so good because their child come and told them how much they loved them. And then all of a sudden, after you finish that sentence, they tell you how much they love you, then all of a sudden they say, Daddy, can we go to Toys R Us? Who taught that three-year-old about strings attached? Because they just learned, they've learned that from somewhere, right? I, don't, I didn't teach my kids that. You teach your kids that, but they knew it. Kind of, can we go to Walmart? Yeah, we can go to Walmart and get the groceries. No, Daddy, I want a toy. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? Who taught that? Somehow it just comes out in our human nature that when we give, there should be strings attached to it. But you see, cheerful givers people who give and says listen I'm giving this to you and you owe me nothing we're not trading isn't it amazing that when you listen isn't it amazing when you owe somebody something you don't want to be around them come on now don't act like that when you owe somebody something you can't pay them back right now like like at Thanksgiving dinner when you owe your in-laws money that turkey's a little tough to chew isn't it right when you owe somebody, don't you like, oh, man, do we got to go? Yeah, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, do we have to go? It's Christmas. We got to go. Yeah, you got to go. See what I'm saying? When you, when you get to that point, isn't that amazing to me? And then also, when somebody owes you something, isn't it hard to be around them? Because don't you go, hey, Jack, Annie up. Come on. Now, you guys are acting like you've never thought these thoughts before. <laughs> don't, you're not fooling me. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that when we give with strings attached, when we give that way, then all of a sudden, guess what? It creates a barrier between us and the other person, right? And the Bible says that even when we give to God, sometimes when the offering buckets come by or we give online or whatever, sometimes if we don't give cheerfully, that means that, God, I'm giving you this, but you better bless me. Would you say that's a string attached? God says, I love a cheerful giver. So when it says, Lord, just because you asked me, here it is. No strings attached. Amen. You know, one in my family, I'm going to get, honey, here it is just because I want to give it to you. Children, here it is just because I want to give it. You don't have to give me anything else. Here it is. You know what? Friend, here, here it is just because, you, just because you're my friend. Here it is. No strings attached. And when there's no strings attached, then guess what? There's, no, there's none of this, I don't want to be around you, or you owe me, you know? There's none of that anymore. Listen, I want to tell you something today. If you hear nothing else I say, this can change your life. Because we're giving too much with strings attached. Amen? 
Okay, I guess it's just me, but that's all right. There's a guy in our church that understood this giving cheerfully. Matter of fact, Pastor Chris had, a, had just a wonderful idea. I mean, it was awesome. With these connection cards, if we, when people come at Easter, if they didn't fill out a connection card, we couldn't follow up with them. And so he had this great idea about, he said, you know what? If we had a reason for people to give these cards, then we could actually, you know, they, we, they would be more likely to turn it in. And so he came up with this idea about, you know, donating to outer darkness. And so we, we, had, we said, well, well, we'll try to figure that out. He said, man, if we could have $10 per card given. And so, so once we come up with that idea, he came up with that idea. I said, all right, well, let me call a few people. And I started, I was going to call a few people and ask them, hey, would you be willing to donate toward this project? You know, this is something unusual. And I called the first person up. And I said, hey, listen, we have this vision that we know we can't follow up with people without this. And so we need to collect these cards. And so we need to, you know, I explained the whole process to him. And he said this to me. He said, Pastor, he said, if you collect those connection cards, I'll give you $10 for every connection card. He said, I said, well, there'll probably be 100 of them. Okay, so I said, at least we want at least 100 of them. He, I said, so that'll be $1,000. So, you know, I wasn't looking for the whole thing. He said, no. He said, I'll tell you what, if there's 200 or 300, I'll give you $10 every card. He said, you let me know because I want to bless God's kingdom. And I want to bless those kids that are on the street. And I want you to know, we collected 144 first-time guest information. Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! That means, so that guy, he said, I'm bringing you a check today for $1,450. Why? It's going to go to outer darkness. It's going to minister to those kids, but also we get to follow up with all these people. And God is just doing amazing things. That's a cheerful giver. I said, man, I'm not looking for all this from you. I just wanted, no, sir, I want to bless God's kingdom. No strings attached. And see, that's what, that's what the people at SEC are like. So when, when you give freely, then you can freely receive, right? Because as long as you're giving with strings attached, you'll never receive because you'll think there's strings attached to your gift. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm at home today, Arna. Come on now, isn't that right? You know, when you give, like, oh, you know, with strings, then when you receive, like, oh, what do they want now? Aren't you, have you ever been there? Good grief, I am. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm scared to take this. What's it going to cost me later? Maybe you felt that way as too. So here we go. And so today I want to say, I want you to be generous with the small things. Maybe, maybe you need to be generous with a smile. Maybe you need to be, give a cheerful smile. Give cheerfully, give a handshake. Maybe, maybe you go home and hug your kids. Maybe, listen, if you're a teenager today, freak your parents out. Go home and hug them. Just, just hug them cheerfully. With no strings attached. They're going to freak them out. They're going to say freaky, super freaky here. All right. So here's the next step. It says, I will practice joyful giving today. Would you do that? Number three. Let's write this down. How to become a more joyful person. Number three is practice the joy of serving others. Practice the joy of serving others. Look what Jesus says. Listen, you got to pay attention to what Jesus says because he just messes us up here. Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will what? 
Would you circle that statement because that's the opposite of the world. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. So Jesus said, if you try to keep your life all about you, you're going to miss life. But if you make life about others, then you're going to get it. You're going to get life. And so let me just tell you this. Jesus turns the table on culture. Here's what culture says. Culture says that your life is all about your self-esteem. Your self-esteem. How, you know, it's all about your self-esteem. That means how I feel about myself. In other words, it's all about me feeling good about me. And so that's what the culture says. And it says if you make life all about your self-esteem, then you're going you're gonna to be all right. But Jesus says life is not about all about yourself. Jesus says life is more about your self-respect than your self-esteem. Amen? Amen? And so how do you get, self, how do you get self-respect? By serving other people. You see, when you do good for somebody else, and you know you help somebody else, when you look in the mirror, you feel good about you. And so, listen, we have a problem now. We have more young people on antidepressants today than ever before. You know why? Because we've taught them that life is all about your self-esteem. You've got to feel good about you. Let me tell you something. There's going to be times that you don't feel good about you, and, and the way that you start feeling better about you is you go do something for somebody else. It's not how you look. It's not how you talk. It's not how much money you got in the bank. It's not about how much you weigh. It's not any of that stuff. It's all about serving other people that you feel good about yourself you agree with that that's right if you want to feel good you do good for somebody else and that is the teaching of Jesus Philippians 2 says this let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but with in lowliness of mind let each look at this esteem others better than himself let us, each look to, let, us, let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of who? Of others. So the happiest people are usually so busy serving other people that they don't have time to be sad. Would you watch this video today? Because this, this video that you're about to see, this testimony, describes this better than I could ever say it. Would you watch this? Hello SEC, uh, my name is Lee, this is my friend Hugh, and uh, we just came here today to give you a little story about ourselves. Uh, Hugh and myself are both born with cerebral palsy, and uh, we're trying to make a better life for ourselves and the people around us every day. Uh, my friend Hugh here, uh, a couple years ago, asked me a question about riding a bicycle, and you would think because we walk funny that you can't do that. And my friend Q here didn't think he could. And we had a long discussion about that, and talked about a few things, and uh, I gave him a few pointers. And, and we got out here in the parking lot at SCC one day and was trying it and discussing it and talking about it and trying to find the best way to do this. And something as simple as that, uh, you may not understand that that actually builds courage. Something as small as a task like riding a bicycle encourages you to move to the next level. DQ now has a job. Uh, he's been working at Walmart now for a while. Um, he's doing very good in that job. I talked to friends of mine that work with him and he does extremely, extremely well in his job. His disability or his handicap does not falter him from what he wants to do in life. And that's what I try to encourage in him every day. Uh, 
you know, and we're working on the next struggle. Him and I have had discussions about the next struggle is learning how to drive. Uh, I know that a lot of people know how to drive, it's not an issue, but when your legs don't work and your feet don't work like they're supposed to, it's hard to drive until you learn how to do that. There's joy everywhere in life. You just have to know where to find it, where to see it, where to understand it. Um, joy for me is, is having conversations with Q and trying to help him understand that there is joy in life. We were born with disabilities. We were born with handicaps um, and we have struggles in life. But to understand that we are loved, we are loved no matter what. I have joy in my life. I have joy spending time with Q and helping him understand things a little better. The body we were given might be broken, but our spirit and our soul is strong. And that joy and, and knowing that makes both of us better people. You, you know what's interesting to me? Is that those two men, I'm sure through their life, have been picked on because of their disability. So their disability is a very sensitive area in their life, I'm sure because it's an area that they've been picked on. So I'm sure there's been hurts there. But here's what Lee Cato just showed us. When you use your hurts to help someone else heal, you heal as well. And so, listen, what's that sense of area that you, that, you know, that you're trying to hide? Listen, don't try to hide. Listen, help people. And when you help people, then you get healed. Healing comes from helping people. And so today, I want to encourage you to do that. And you say, Pastor Jeff, I love to help some people. I don't know where to start. Well, hey, we got a connection card right here. And right up under the back of it where it says... Uh, Email me about information. Uh, email me information about the first box is volunteering at SEC. We'd love to be able to help you do something that you would enjoy doing in a in a manner that wouldn't take you all you know 15 hours to do. Just simple things to do. So check that. Okay, number four. Would you write this down? Number four is practice the joy of sharing Christ with others. Practice the joy of sharing Christ with others. Sharing your faith strengthens your faith. Sharing your faith strengthens your faith. When you begin to talk about Jesus, the joy of the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord begins to produce more joy inside of you, and it makes you more excited about your faith. So when you share your faith, it stirs your faith, and that moves the joy meter up in your life. If you're, listen, if you're struggling, I would challenge you to share your faith with people around you and watch what happens. You know, here on, on uh, Easter, we had 24 people commit their life to Jesus Christ through our Easter weekend. Can you say praise God for that? It is our vision to give an opportunity for a better life through Jesus Christ. And that is exactly what we're doing together as a body of believers. Look what Jesus said. In Luke 15, it says this, there is what? There is joy in the presence of, of God's angels when even one sinner, what? Repents. My greatest joy in my life was receiving Jesus. My second greatest joy is sharing Jesus with other people. That's why I do what I do, and that's why you do what you do. It's so that we can share our faith with other people. Now listen, today is... 
I want to ask you to look at your connection card, and I want you to check that box that says, I will do my best, I will do my best to share my faith with someone this week. I want you to do that. Ask God to help you share your faith with someone this week, and watch what happens. Now, if you're not a Christ follower today, Today I've asked you, your joy meter can only go up in Christ because it's the Spirit of God that, that makes joy come in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience. Those are all fruit of the Spirit. And there's a prayer inside of your program that you can pray. And the only thing that we ask you to do is check the box that says I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to point your attention one more time to this definition of joy. Look what it says with me. Let's read it together. You ready? Joy is not the absence of problems, but the assurance of the presence. Come on, would you read that like you believed it? believe it? Let's read it one more time out loud. Everybody, 100%. You ready? Joy is not the absence of problems, but the assurance of the presence of God. I want to tell you, my friends, today, the way your joy meter goes up right now, the way you move from whatever level you come in with, is that you realize right now that God is with you. If you're a Christ follower right now, God, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what chaos is going on right now, and it may seem like God seems a million miles away, I want you to know that the presence of God is with you right now. The Bible even says that God is close to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. Even if you don't even want him there and you're going through something, he's closer than he's ever been before. Today's your day. We're going to stand, if you just go ahead and stand with me right now, I'm going to pray for you. And as I pray this prayer, and we conclude this prayer, and we begin to sing this song, I'm asking you to do one thing, and that is that you recognize that the presence of God is with you. Did you hear that? I'm asking you to do, as we sing this song, I'm asking you to recognize that the presence of God is with you. And you may do that by bowing your head, you may do that by raising your hands. You may do that just by being still. But whatever way, you just recognize that the presence of God is with you. And when you leave here, guess what? He's going with you. Amen? You're not going to leave him here. No, he's going with you. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, let your spirit overflow in us. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's sing together. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.